Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Flowers, you put on the tape and you see some of the things. Obviously, he's not built like Metcalf. He's built differently, but you kind of see the speed and you just you just see the way he's able to move. And the guy's obviously, he's just different. There's something about that guy that's different. And look, sometimes you just don't have to complicate this, Ryan. Sometimes just take the freak. Just take the freak. Let's make it easy. Take the freak. I so hopefully that. that's take the freak. Baby. Welcome into the show. It's Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by my good friend Jordy McElroy. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. We're brought to you by the USA Today Network. Uh, Jordy, how are you, my friend? You ready for this draft? Man, I am so ready. We've been mocking mocking this thing for the last three months or so. Um, it feels like the last three years at this point. You know, I'm just ready to see what's going to happen, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The, the mock season is, uh, I read it. I I. I devour it like anybody else. I'm into it. I want to see what people are mocking to the Patriots. And it gives you, it does give you a good feel for who's going in the top 10, 15 picks, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm always antsy at this time of year. We're, we're a week away. Let's get into it. And this is, this is kind of going to be our, our draft preview episode. And one thing, Jordy, that I admire about what you and the whole crew at the USA today wire sites do is some of the collaboration you do throughout the year, but especially around draft time, like, all the site editors, including yourself, go through the mock draft process multiple times. And I know you're going through one right now. Uh, you guys go through the entire process, make trade offers. You're on the clock, this whole thing. You go through the whole process, and you really get to a feel about you know, what could happen for your team that you cover when their time comes. It's, it's a fun exercise, and I know that you made a pick for the Patriots in the USA Today Wire Sites mock draft last night. Who was your pick at number 14? My pick at number 14 was Zay Flowers. Oh, the, the re- here we go. Yeah, receiver out of Boston College, man. That's my guy. That's my guy. Okay, so that's what I learned last night. That was your guy. My sources leaked information <laughs> about the draft, right? This was this draft has not been posted yet. It will be. You guys write about these drafts. But uh, I, I was able to Adam Schefter this thing. I, I My moles with, within this, the wire sites. Uh, got me this information, Jordy, like minutes after you made the pick, right? I, I had it. Uh, so Zay Flowers at number 14. I texted you about it. You said you're fired up. What fires you up about Zay Flowers? I mean, dude, for, first of all, you're you're the great Ryan O'Leary. Adam Schefter, who? Come on. Come on. You're pulling this stuff. You're doing I got well. two phones. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man, dude, like Zay Flowers is amazing, first of all. And, you know, kind of like, Ryan, you know, we talked about you being at, being in Las Vegas out there when Jacoby Myers made that made that ugly lateral pass. Yeah, I'll never you forget know, that. But I, I was actually at the draft when the Patriots selected to kill Harry, you know, um, instead of taking Debo Samuel. So when I, look at, when I look at a player like Zay Flowers, who I believe has a lot of, of Debo, Debo-like tendencies in the way that he's able to play, you know, this is the redemption story right here. This is the redemption story for the Patriots for that moment at the draft when I saw Nikhil Harry's name come off that board 
before Debo Samuels. So here it is. The Patriots are going to get Zay Flowers. You know, yeah, sure, the team can go out and get like a a taller receiver, a bigger guy like a Quentin Johnston or or something like that. You know, Jonathan Mingo's out there. He might be a guy that falls in the second round. But they need speed. They need explosiveness. And Zay Flowers is the guy that gives you that. You know, this is a guy that has left defensive backs ankles in the graveyard. Yeah, this is the guy when he's on when he's on the field opposing defenses, they pay attention. They're not going to crowd the line and and, and just and just know Mac Jones is flicking little five yard little five yard passes every single play. They know that if they do that, they could get burned and they'd be choking on Zay Flowers' smoke. Because this is a this is a playmaker. This is a home run threat. This is a true and legitimate number one guy that the Patriots can go out and get right now. It, obviously, yeah, they can address the offensive tackle position. And that's something that, honestly, if, if I'm being a realist to myself, that's probably what they'll end up doing, trading sure. down and yep. probably going with an offensive tackle. But, man, look, we, we've been here for too long. Off the top of your head, who's the last number one receiver the Patriots have had? Can you think of one? Like, like seriously, no, a legitimate number one receiver. Think so, about that. So we don't, we don't, count, we don't count Julian, right? In that, no, so no, I, he's, he's a slot uh, number two. I'd have legend, to say, I'd have to say Brandon Cooks. Okay, okay. So you, I mean, you, you think about that. Brandon Cooks is the number one guy. So I mean, and think about how long did he stay? He stayed for a year, right? One year. So it's and we traded yeah, the first exactly, round pick for him. <laughs> exactly. You know, and Randy Moss, he, he didn't stay long. It's just the Patriots; they have not consistently had a number one guy. And when Brandon Cooks was there, Tom Brady was the quarterback. Now you have Mac Jones as the quarterback. You got to get this guy some help. You're not going to win big. You're not going to win football games. You know, you're playing in the AFC East against the Miami Dolphins team that has Jalen Ramsey added to that to that defensive backfield. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to outplay with with just Juju Smith-Schuster's your number one guy? So you you have to go out. You have to go get a playmaker. Zay Flowers is that guy. He's the guy that can take the team over the top and make this offense viable again. Now, I wouldn't be upset if they went out and you know Jackson. Jackson Smith and Jigba, if, if that's a guy, the guy from Ohio State, if he falls and they go out and get him instead, you know, I'm not going to complain about that. But I just, in my opinion, they need that explosive playmaker that you can line up anywhere and he can do anything, that Debo Samuel type of player. And that's that's Zay Flowers in this draft. I love it. So I, I think when you gave me the, when I found out the pick, when the, my again, my my moles, when the, when the, when the pick was leaked last night and I found out, I was like, oh, Boston College, come on. That's going to be annoying. Patriots fans are going to get all geeked up for no reason because he's from Boston College. Uh, <laughs> but then I started like I started looking into it a little bit more. I'm like, OK, let's read up on Zay Flowers because I know Jordy loves this player. And first of all, Matt Groh, they asked they asked Matt Groh uh, in his pre-draft presser specifically about Flowers, uh, Jordy. And he just he went on and on and on about the player. Mm-hmm. Uh I think he said he just just thinks he's a great wide receiver. I could pull up the audio. Uh, more, more, you know, Billy O'Brien worked with Flowers at the Senior Bowl. There's another connection. He then came in for a top 30 visit. And he's also, he's an inside receiver, right? He's a slot guy. Uh, so mm-hmm. Billy O'Brien loves slot receivers. So when you start to unpack this a little bit, uh, you know, maybe some mock drafters out there, the diehards might think Zay Flowers at number 14 is too soon. But I see I see the logic here, Jordy. I see why you're fired up. I there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of connections you can make here why the Patriots might take this player. I think he'd be there at 14, right? This is a player where when you're mocking him, 
and you're in that process like you were with the USA Today Wire Sites mock draft, Zay Flowers is probably there at 14 in, in most mock drafts that you're doing, right? So this is a yeah, it's he, a safe it's a safe pick for you in that regard. He's been there in in both mock drafts, and I've actually I've mocked him twice the last two mock drafts. But you know, Settle obviously, down. if you if you get to if you get to the second round, maybe look look maybe maybe he falls because we we don't know like we we really don't know how this draft board's going to go. But I wouldn't think he'd be there if the Patriots wait too long on him. Um, he's a first round talent in my eyes. Wide receiver, the Patriots. You know, you, you never trust it as a fan going into these drafts. I mean, they've like you said earlier with the kill here, they've screwed up this position. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, jury's still out, right? With, especially with, you know, some of the receivers picked after him. Uh, yes. So you're always a little worried about the Patriots with wide receiver. You're, you're never sure if they're going to wait until like a day three and make that pick. Uh, but it does feel like, are they, can we say they're a lock to draft a wide receiver at some point? I think I love the storyline of them trading up or whatever or drafting their guy maybe they don't have to draft uh, trade up for a wide receiver this year i don't think it's that kind of draft but going with a receiver in the first round i love that storyline i don't know if i believe it i'm just scarred but you look at some some of the some of the noise they've made in terms of this position leading up to the draft right we just talked about flowers they also had uh, jordan addison from usc another you know another first round talent at wide receiver they had him in for a visit you mentioned jonathan mingo They've had a bunch of wide receivers, Ronnie Bell, Michael Wilson, uh, guys that could go on day three. So, and and Jackson Smith and Jimba. Um, I, I probably butchered his name. My apologies, but they they had him at the Senior Bowl, right? And he he or oh, no, I'm sorry, the Scouting Combine, and uh-huh. they t- he said that he talked to the Patriots there. So, uh, there's a lot of wide receiver chatter with this team. So, I guess one of my questions for you was, do you think they're a lock to pick one in this draft? It's it's not if it's when. Yeah, I think they're definitely a lock to pick a receiver. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they take two receivers in this draft. Um, if 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 they go if they go with a with number fourteen overall and they go they go receiver, I could see them maybe snagging another guy on day three. You know, this the team needs help at receiver right now. And obviously, I like the Smith. I like I like the Smith Schuster addition to the team. I think he's a really good player. But they need they need they need more help, man. And they like you said, they've missed. I mean, they've missed at this position so many times, so it wouldn't shock me if they double dipped a bit. And you know, just and just kind of kind of back to the Zay Flowers thing. You know, we've seen them, we've seen them whiff on guys so many times. And sometimes, Ryan, look, sometimes, look, I, I get it. We're not we're not in the room. I'm not as smart as Bill Belichick when it comes to the scouting thing. This is why he's the goat. This is why he does what he does. But sometimes I think being that great, you you might be able to. You can overthink things sometimes. You know, sure. you see yep. him go after a Nikhil Harry, and I always think back to like a DK Metcalf just sitting there, and you can just you put on the tape, and the guy's an absolute freak. And the same things about Zay Flowers. You put on the tape, and you see some of the things. Obviously, he's not built like Metcalf. He's built differently, but you kind of see the speed, and you just you just see the way he's able to move. And the guy's obviously he's just different. There's something about that guy that's different. And look, sometimes you just don't have to complicate this, Ryan. Sometimes just take the freak. Just take the freak. Let's make it easy. Take the freak. I so hopefully that. that's take the, the freak. Baby. Take the freak. Yeah, that's that's freak. that's the t- that's the title of this headline. Just take the freak. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he is, and and he is a guy that that solves some problems. I mean. He gets he can get open. He can get open on his own, right? He can he can do that thing. He can create separation immediately. He can get crazy yak yards. Like 
P- Patriots fans, if you haven't checked out Zay Flowers' uh, you know, highlights, just Google it and, and watch some of the stuff he does after the catch. As Jordy's saying, he is, uh, he is awesome. He is awesome to watch. I, no one would complain if they go Zay Flowers, if they get the kid from Ohio State, if they drafted Jordan Addison. They, nobody would mm-hmm. complain if they went that route, Jordy. But as you said earlier, I'm not predicting that. I'm predicting offensive line. I'm predicting <laughs> offensive tackle. Uh, and that's just, it just feels very Patriots to do that. And, and as you hinted earlier, maybe a trade back because it does feel like one of those drafts where, you know, this is one of those drafts where, unlike last year when, when Kenny Pickett in the 20s was the first quarterback taken, we know there's going to be four or five quarterbacks going off the board in the top 10, 12 picks. So teams are going to be jockeying for position for those quarterbacks. Those top edge guys, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, these guys are going to come off the board. We could get down to like pick nine, pick 10 until we finally see the first offensive tackle even off the board. So I think the Patriots could be sitting there at 14 with their top offensive tackle. They're maybe their top two, um, one of the top two on the board. And just as a fan, Jordy, like Riley Reef, who, who is Riley Reef? He is a 34 year old journeyman right tackle, and he right now is slotted in as a starting tackle. Uh, so I think probably the Patriots' number one need uh, is offensive tackle. And while it would p- probably be boring if they went offensive tackle at 14 or traded back and picked a tackle, if I had to predict, I think that's what they would do. And I wouldn't hate that either. It's sexier to go wide receiver. I understand that. But I think when we start talking about the other pressing needs outside of you know surrounding Mac Jones with weapons, we also got to protect the kid because he gets hit too much. We've talked about that ad nauseum, right? Uh, he, I mean, he literally missed time because he was just getting slaughtered out there and getting hit so much last season. So we got to lock down the offensive line. We got to lock down right tackle, which is a freaking disaster all season last year. And I think my prediction would be they go tackle because I think the draft's going to set up perfectly for them at 14 to get one of their top guys. And yeah. Yawn, we're going to get another offensive lineman in the first year, first round for the second straight year, Jordy. But you know what? That sounds very Patriots. And if I'm making my prediction, I think that's what they do. That's actually a fair prediction. And that's probably what they will do. They will probably end up trading down and getting an offensive, an offensive lineman for the second year in a row after getting Cole Strange last year. But you're right. I mean, obviously, they need to get younger at that, at that offensive tackle position. But the thing is, too, you know, Riley Reeves' contract comes with some guaranteed money. Which is which is really interesting. So yeah, I'm scared. I mean, what, what's going on with this guy? Yeah, yeah. So he obviously wasn't just brought in to just sit on a bench and just chill, and, you know, and, and and just not do anything. So I think the Patriots they out of Riley Reef with, with with the idea of having him actually come in and play some meaningful snaps. Um, this is a guy that should be contributed on day one, and and that makes you think. I mean, are are, are they entering this thing with? You know the thought process of of Trent Brown and Riley Reef being their top their top two offensive tackles and looking to build the death behind those guys, which which they've kind of done. You know with the with Connor McDermott and Calvin Anderson. You know some of these some of these guys that they've kind of that they that they've signed to new deals or, or brought in new guys. So it kind of makes you wonder if that's the direction we're going here. And if that's the direction if that's the direction they're going, then there might be a possibility of them going wide receiver and then maybe waiting until the second round to get an offensive tackle. Now there there's more depth in my opinion in this year's draft at the offensive tackle position than there is at the wide receiver position. You know, you miss out on some of these receivers I mean, who knows what's going to happen, especially 
especially, you know, the two guys that we, we're mainly talking about is, you know, Jackson and Jigba Smith – or Smith and Jigba, sorry, and obviously Zay Flowers. Those are the two guys I feel like fit that fit the Patriots most, the, the most. Jordan Addison's another guy as well. But you start wondering if some of these guys start to go if you kind of wait and you kind of wait and you wait around. So that would be interesting. But, you know, I in, in other mock drafts, I've had DeJuan Jones. I've had um, DeJuan Jones from – from Ohio State going to the Patriots in the second round, Darnell Wright from Tennessee going to the Patriots in the second round. So, these, so there's obviously depth there for the Patriots. But if if things go according to your plan, Ryan, I mean, we maybe we see them go with the with a Broderick Jones at at offensive tackle from Georgia um, earlier on there in that first round. It wouldn't be the sexiest pick, but you're right. Like Mac Jones doing snow angels in the dirt. Definitely isn't good for anybody, which was the case all the last season. I will say this. If they can get Darnell Wright in the second round at 46, that would be best case scenario. And then they go like wide receiver or edge in round one. Like, you know, maybe they take a flyer on that Van Ness kid from Iowa or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe Uh they maybe they're in love with that player for the defense and they and they can get a Darnell Wright in in, in round two. I mean, that would be excellent. That would be excellent. I don't know. I don't know if that'll happen, but I mean, I kind of like that Darnell Wright kid. Ooh, that that's my my favorite. I'm hoping that happens, Jordy. I want Darnell Wright in the second round. If that if that's a possibility, and it probably is because I'm with you. You, you look, I mean, Paris Johnson Jr., Broderick Jones. Like, who's the number one offensive tackle? It depends on who you ask. Uh, the the kid from what? There's a kid from Northwestern too, right? Uh, you know, who, who, you, it depends on who you who you ask, who you look at. Mel Kiper, whatever. They all have different rankings, so um, it is a deep position, and. I think 14 is it's just a fascinating spot this year because say the the Patriots could have a good edge rusher fall to them. I don't think the top wide receivers are going off the board really quick. I think, you know, they're they could have their pick at one of the top two wide receivers on the board. They could have their pick at one of the top offensive tackles. Like I said, an edge rusher could fall through the cracks. Like there's all kinds yeah. of possibilities at number 14. It's a good spot to be. Uh it also means you kind of sucked last year. But anyway, it's a good spot to be. <laughs> but I'm not you know what? And because the options are going to be a plenty, Jordy, I'm just, I'm worried they're going to trade back. I'm just the, you know, I, ease my fears. Do you think they'd actually pick a guy, uh, pick a good player at 14, or am I right to fear that they're just going to trade back like they always do? Because I feel like it's there, it's right because there's going to be so many options at 14. You've been watching the Patriots for as long as I have, probably longer. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, but. You know what they do. You know what Belichick does. This I, is I do. This, this is this is the time right here where he where he would normally probably trade back and, and and see what happens here. And, you know, it's just there's so there's so many directions the Patriots can go with this pick, right? You know, we can break it down all we want. I think they should go wide receiver. You think offensive tackle. Obviously, you know, safety's, safety's an option. Devin McCourty's going. Who knows what they're thinking there? Uh, tight end's an option. People that, that might be one of the sleeper options right now, especially if a guy like Michael Mayer kind of falls to him. What would they do there? You, yeah. We don't we don't know. That could be interesting. Uh, Jeff Howe from the Athletic has even has even hinted at the fact earlier in the month he hinted at the fact that the Patriots might be interested in adding a a, a blue chip running back. So imagine that. Imagine like a guy like a Bijan Robinson who could be sitting there yeah, and and he turns out to be a Patriot, uh, which I which. Which I totally understand and can see that as a possibility as well. Even though Ramondre Stevenson is is as great as he is right now, you know, you look at a James Robinson type of guy who, you know, in his rookie season he rushed for over a thousand yards, and and the Jaguars they still went out and drafted Travis Etienne 
with the first round pick. So obviously there's something about him that they weren't they were a little shaky on there. So so maybe he's not the second guy. Maybe running back is an option, but just just some Jeff Howe news from earlier in the month there. So you re- we really don't know exactly what they're going to do. And I honestly, I think the Patriots are probably the most fascinating team in this year's draft. Yeah, they always are. They always are. Uh, tight end's a great position to bring up. And I think, you know, offensive tackle we've hit on. I think there's a lot of pressing needs outside of wide receiver and offensive tackle. Tight end's a great one, Jordy, because first of all, multiple tight ends is like a, a focal point of the Patriots offense. It, it's obviously something Billy O'Brien's going to want to deploy. They couldn't do it because Johnny Smith was was so terrible. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we, we still have Hunter Henry, but he's on the last year of his deal this year. Mike Gusecki's here. He signed a one-year deal. So a young future starting tight end seems very logical. And I could see them definitely drafting a tight end in this draft. Could they do it in the first couple rounds? Maybe. Uh, this is supposed to be a hot tight end draft, right? What are you hearing about that? There, this is supposed to be like a really deep tight end draft. Like if you're going to draft a tight end, this is the draft you're supposed to dabble. So I think Patriots drafting a tight end, whether it's the mayor kid uh, from Notre Dame or, or whoever, um, I, I definitely see that as a possibility. Yeah, for sure, and and you you hit the you hit the nail on the head right there. This is a deep tight end draft, so obviously the Patriots there ain't no rush to to draft a tight end this early. You know, in the first round, um, they could definitely get some value waiting later on. And but but at the end of the day, if you're sitting there at number fourteen, and you know, and you look up on the board, and and Mayor's there, and and you're Bill Belichick, that that might be something that factors into into the equation. You look at the Patriots last season, their team to finish. You know, with the with, with the lowest red zone touchdown scoring percentage, so a guy like Mayer, another another big tight end playmaker um, that probably has some of the best hands in this draft, tight end or receiver, an incredibly talented guy that can be a future franchise piece and maybe step into that 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 block role a little bit. It could be interesting to see what the Patriots do there. And I saw an article by Cam Garrity on Patriots Wire. It was the the mock draft 7.0. That's a lot of mock drafts, Jordy. It's, a lot of mocks. It's, Cam's it's working the, hard. It's the season, my man. Mock draft season. <laughs> but yeah, he he mocked. Uh, he had the Patriots moving back and drafting um, Mayer in the first round with their the tight end. So tight end's definitely a position to watch. Another one, I think, to watch in another one where some of the top guys could definitely be on the board at 14, corner. Uh, mm-hmm. the, do the Patriots, so you got to think about precedent with this team, right? Offensive linemen. Yes. They draft offensive linemen in the first round all the time. We've seen them. We've seen them draft the tight ends in the first round, right? Wasn't Benjamin Watson a first round pick? Um, do I have that right? Oh, maybe I, maybe I should look that up. Uh, but we've seen them draft running backs in the first round. What about corner? Did they draft corners in the first round, Jordy? And I mean, this is this is a draft where, where they might consider it, especially if you have a. By the way, Benjamin Watson was a first round pick, but so, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, yeah. Back to back to the corner situation. This is a, this is a draft where they certainly where they could certainly consider. You know, it's not a position that that, that Belichick is known for going going that high on um, usually, but. You know, you you look on a board, man. You you see you see a guy like a Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, or you see my fa- my favorite guy in this draft is Joey Porter Jr. Yep. Yeah, you know, obviously, obviously, I think it would make for a fun story with with, with his dad's past history and, and and the beef with the Patriots. Of course, for, yes. for as long as he, yeah, and it would I mean, break that, the Steelers fans' heart. Fun. You know, break the Steelers fans' heart getting him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, take take the next generation and make them a patriot. But he's he's a 
great playmaker, you know, tall, long, physical, bigger guy. You know, he, he's, he's a guy you can see being matched up against some of these elite receivers that the Patriots are going to see a lot of in the AFC East this coming season with obviously the Dolphins continuing to load up on the wide receiver end, and then you run into Buffalo, and you know what they have, and the Jets are going to come up as well. So they're going to need they're going to need help with the defensive backfield. But you know, you know, I I actually I mocked Joey Porter Jr. in a pre, and I think it was the two mock draft for the for 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 the USA Today Network um, with all the editors coming together. But I started to kind of move away from that because I kind of sat back and I started thinking, man, you know, I love what I saw from, from Jack Jones in his first year. And obviously you have Jonathan Jones back. And it's and it's time for Marcus Jones to kind of move into that slot role as well, you know. Let your young let your younger talent that you that you got last year, let these guys shine. Let 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 Marcus let Marcus and Jack Jones do their thing. I think those guys are going to be really good players. And I think the Patriots could probably find some value later on at the quarterback position instead of reaching in the first round. Although I do love Joey Porter, and I wouldn't be upset if they went that route. But I think that's a position the Patriots can kind of wait on a little bit. Get Mac Jones some firepower. You know, I, look, look, we can we can talk about yeah, defense wins championships. That's great, and it does in, in some instances. But this day and age, when you're facing Josh Allen and that Buffalo Bills, you know, offense. They're going to put up points. I don't care who you have on defense. You know, you, you look at the Dolphins. They're over here with, with with Mr. Chosen with Mr. Chosen Anderson now, and they add him on top of on on, on top of the other two out there, Tyree Kill, and you know, and 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 Jay, I'm losing my thought process. Jalen. I mean, it's just there's a lot there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of receiver talent out there in the AFC East. So you're going to need Mac Jones to have the firepower to be able to match that. And you do that by going out and drafting a receiver and then hopefully hitting on these other positions later on. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Like you're, you're saying let Marcus Jones play defense and not offense this year, Jordy. That's pretty much what you're saying, right? Well, you know, we might, we might need him on offense this year if the Patriots, if they, if they screw it up at receiver again. So we'll see. Yeah. We might need Marcus to play both ways. Like he's like, what am I stuck in high school again? What's, <laughs> what's happening here? Uh, yeah, I, I think corner is a need. I don't, I don't see it happening. And I wouldn't predict it in the first round. I'm with you, even though some of those top guys, Devin Witherspoon writes another one. Um, yes. some of those top guys could be there at 14. I definitely think it's going to be that kind of draft again, positions like offensive tackle, wide receiver corner. I think some of these top guys will still be there at 14 because of the way this thing's going to shake out. Uh, but, uh, I don't, I don't see it happening because the Patriots just double dipped at that position last year. I would love them to draft another corner because it, it feels like Miles Bryant is going to be back in a in a heavy snap role, Jordy. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. Um, and I think they could use some size of that position. Uh, you know, I love Marcus Jones. I like Jack Jones as well. Uh, Jalen Mills is obviously going to back to safety, right? That's what all the reports are. So I think they could use another corner. And, and Belichick's done a pretty good job drafting him. He even finds good undrafted free agents at, at corner, right? But I wouldn't mind him going back to the well at corner. I just think later in the draft makes sense. I'm with you on that. Another position that I'm looking at at some point in the draft, please, any point, Bill, any point in the draft, can you please draft an inside linebacker? <laughs> please. I mean, at the very <laughs> least, at any point, we need depth behind Jelani Tavai and Jawan Bentley. Um, I think we got to add speed to that group, Jordy. We got to add some pass coverage to that group. 
Uh, and last year they passed on drafting an, an inside linebacker altogether when we were all like, that's a top need. What are we doing? I think they got to do it this year at some point, right? We got to see them drafted an inside linebacker. I mean, that's, that's obviously a point that that's obviously a position that they can use a lot of help at, you know, they, that they've struggled at this season. I, I want to see, I want to see more speed. I want to see, I want to see more speed guys that are versatile, you know, guys that can, they can, they can stop the run and they can drop back in coverage a little bit and, and, and break up some of those passes and everything. So, I mean, that's another position of need. Um, I, obviously, obviously, that's something that I can see them maybe addressing later on in the draft, maybe, maybe, maybe mid to later on. But you know, we'll see, man. Um, there's a lot of options the Patriots can go at, and they could end up taking a taking an inside linebacker early. You just never know. Uh, and and that's and that's actually that's kind of a it's kind of a good position to be in, where, where, where they have where they're not necessarily desperate anywhere, if that makes any sense. You know, yeah. they can go in a lot of different directions. They've done a really good job throughout this offseason of kind of filling positions where they can enter this thing and they're kind of wide open. So we'll see what they do. Inside linebackers is is, is an obvious position of need and they can use a uh, an upgrade there. I would if I was betting on, you know, my little app, my little mobile app or whatever, I would probably bet that they don't draft an inside linebacker because that's just what they do. They just don't do it. Uh, so, so there's that, but I think it's a, it's a position of need. Another one I had on here, Jordan, you can give me any others that you think, um, our position of need that we should be watching for on draft day or draft weekend. I have edge on here. We, I mentioned Van Ness earlier from Iowa. You know, if, if one of these guys falls into their lap, maybe a more of a project type of player, uh, in, you know, in the first couple days of the draft, I, I would be cool with that. I know Matt Judon's getting a little older every year. Josh Uche, Josh Uche is entering the final year of his rookie deal. I have no idea what that kind of contract negotiation will look like because uh, he's kind of a, a funny player where he shows tons of potential, but he's like his snap counts are never high and it's weird. So like that could be a an, he's probably going to try to command big money, especially if he racks up his sacks. And what's that negotiation going to look like? I don't know, knowing the Patriots. So edge feels like a need to me as well. Depth at edge, uh, young, young, talented edge is what another thing I'm looking for. Yeah, and I mean you can look. I don't. I don't care how good a team is. You're always going to need edge help. I mean, it's pass rush. Pass rush is infinite. It's infinite. You're always going to need pass rushing help. So that's obviously a position the Patriots will be looking at. And I'm with you, Ron. Actually, I like the Lucas Vaness kid out of Iowa as well. You know, really solid playmaker. Uh, a good guy to potentially come in if. If you know Josh Uche ends up ends up exiting, which we don't know what's going to happen there, I guess it just it's obviously depends on the type of year that he has. And I'm expecting Josh Uche to have a big season, especially with Matthew Judon still being on the other side. It's, Josh Uche is a talented guy. We kind of saw him break out a little bit last season. Obviously, we, it came in the latter half of the year, so we're hoping he's a little bit more consistent this year so those contract negotiations especially on the especially at the end at the end of his contract where other teams could potentially come in there um it'll be interesting to kind of see where where it goes is is this a guy that the Patriots consider franchise tagging later on down the line I don't know but it'll be interesting but I, I do I'm kind of with you Lucas Van Ness I like him a lot and he's a guy the Patriots can get later on yep I like it so it's this draft board is so Belichick. Uh, they have 11 picks, uh, three fourth rounders and four six rounders, Jordy. So this is very Belichick. He loves having these <laughs> these day two, day three picks. Uh, so they definitely have the ammunition to move up, but more likely they will move back. That's just 
that's just how it is with the Patriots. That's what that's what I think is going to happen. Let's let's give our predictions, and I want to hit on a couple other miscellaneous topics going on with the team, Jordy. Before we sign off, uh, you hit on my guy. You called him out, uh, Dar- uh, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Is my he's my prediction actually. He's who I had in my notes. He's who I was going to throw at you at this point in the show. You mentioned he might get uh, picked in the second round for the Patriots, maybe. Uh, I, I would love that. Uh, that would be that would be my favorite situation. But I think my prediction is that they trade back and they draft this kid in the, later in the first round. That's kind of my that's that's where my gut is uh, falling. Him or somebody else. I just I think he he's a beast. He's huge, um, and he doesn't seem like he's like the top top guy. But he seems like he fits the Patriots. He's I've seen him mocked to them. I've seen him written about plenty. Uh, the connection there. So Darnell Wright in a trade back in the first round. That's my official prediction. What's yours? All right, so my official prediction, I'm going, I'm I'm thinking the Patriots are going going to do right. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just speaking yes. this into existence. Do it, Ryan. baby. Do it. <laughs> I'm doing it. They're gonna take they're going to take Zay Flowers at number 14. I just I feel like they've spent a lot of time with this kid. And and like you said earlier, Matt Gross talked about him. I think the Patriots really like Zay Flowers. And his name's just been brought up so many times. I feel like I will I will be depressed. If they do not get Zay yeah, Flowers at this point, because I've hyped him up. Yeah, man, I've, I've hyped him up so much. I'm the Zay Flowers professional hype man at this point. So I expect him to get Zay Flowers. And, and you know, in my opinion, the Patriots, are, they're hauling all these picks for a reason. I could actually see them trying to move up in the second round like they did to get Tyquan Thornton last year. I could see them doing that and getting an offensive tackle if they see a yes. guy that they really like there. If, if your guy, Darnell Wright, if he slips – you know, if he slips into the second round, that could be an option for them as well. They're not afraid to do that. You know, we 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 talk about them trading back, but this is also a team that's shown a willingness to trade up on day two. So so we'll we'll see there. Darnell Wright, man, he's an incredible playmaker, and 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 I I, I like him specifically because he's playing in the SEC, and you see him see him holding off a guy like Will Anderson. When, when Alabama played Tennessee last season. So that's kind of what you like to see. You like to see those matchups. So if they were able to come away with Zay Flowers, even if they traded down and got Zay Flowers and then maybe and then maybe got Darnell Wright somehow in the second round, that would be that'd be quite the haul for the Patriots. That would be excellent. And I would be running around in my underwear. I'd be very excited about that, Jordy. That would be good stuff. That would be really good stuff. Um, yeah, the trade up in the the trade up on day two is so true with this team. That's kind of what they do. They trade back in the first round. They trade up early in the second round. They they do that all the time. It's kind of their it's kind of their mo, right? If you go back over the last three four drafts, they they trade up in the second round to get their guy. They did it last year with Tyquan Thornton. Uh, so uh, yeah, I I think that's I love it. Speaking into existence, Zay Flowers, pick number 14. Let's go. I'm here for it, man. I'm all about it. I love it. Let's do it. And, it, you know, if you read if you read some of this stuff, like not only did Zay Flowers come on, on an official visit with the Patriots, that top 30 visit, but b- literally I, I read that Billy O'Brien was like teaching him the playbook. You know, like that, yes. they were going over the playbook. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you do that with just any kid. Uh, so I think there's, there's something there. There's, there's something, something there. there for sure. There's something there. I think it's a it's a fine prediction by you and a, and a good a good pick in the mock draft, Jordy. So, uh, so that's kind of our draft thoughts. Let us know what you think. And there's just some let's just do some rapid fire stuff, Jordy. There's some other stuff going on. Gerard Mayo spoke. We we heard from a lot of the uh, assistant coaches here this week, kind of in the pre-draft process. Gerard Mayo was asked about, hey man, what's what's going on with your job title? And he kind of he kind of calmed down any noise, right? Uh, that he was trying to leave or he was fed up with his title or or whatever 
Uh, he kind of said, you know, this is where he wants to be, and he's comfortable with the process. You got any thoughts on the Gerard Mayo situation and some of the stuff he talked about? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I don't think job titles matter in New England. It's just, <laughs> it's just one of those situations where it really doesn't matter. I mean, this is a team that doesn't really have an official defensive coordinator. You know, Will Lowing, he's a guy that, that just came on the staff, and, you know, people are asking him about his job title, and, he basically said he doesn't have one, but we all know he's helping out with the tight end. So he's basically Nick Haley's replacement. So he's he's the tight ends coach. It's just not official. Matt Patricia last year, he was the offensive coordinator. He's the offensive play caller. Not official. They had no offensive coordinator. So when it comes to Gerard Mayo, he's still a guy I think the Patriots really value, and they see a lot in. This is a guy that they're, they're probably still looking at as a future head coach in this league. I just I can't I can't for the life of me. Obviously he obviously he loves the Patriots, right? They drafted him. Belichick has taught him well. You know he's he's helped him through his coaching career. But if you turn down a head coaching interview, like you don't just do that. I mean this is this this is the pinnacle of what Gerard Mayo is trying to do, and he possibly had an opportunity there in Carolina, who's kind of sitting pretty in this year's draft, so he might have had a great situation there. So it's just. I can't for the life of me think beyond the fact that this guy, he's he's promised something. So we'll we'll see what that is and we'll see how things go. He's obviously he's had he's had more responsibilities than he's talked about. You know, Belichick's bringing him into that inner circle, letting him sit in on some more meetings and and, and the interview process and everything. Why would Belichick be doing that unless he's kind of grooming him to potentially take over that spot? And you know, and I've said it, I've said it on a previous podcast. How great would that be for Belichick? To pass to pass the torch to a defensive guy that he drafted, like and and they coached under him. I mean that right there, that that's a storybook ending. So I still think Gerard Mayo is probably next in line. We'll just see, man. We'll we'll see we'll see if Belichick ever rides off into that sunset or if it's soon enough. It's not until he catches Don Shula. I know that. That's for sure. Exactly. Uh, yeah, what a feather in his cap that would be uh, if, if he hands the torch to Gerard Mayo and his son is like prominently on the staff as like the defensive coordinator or assistant head coach, whatever. Uh, yeah, that would be that'd be something. Um, what do you think? Let, let me ask you about Belichick real quick. I mean, if you listen to Boston Sports Radio, which I do every single day because I'm obsessed, uh, <laughs> you know, the Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, Billy O'Brien thing. Do you think it's one big happy? in Foxborough right now, or do you think there's real tension there between Mac and the coach? I mean, I, obviously, obviously everybody's not saying kumbaya, all these stories would be coming out, you know, and there's smoke, there's probably some fire there, and that's kind of how I'm looking at this situation. You know, Mac, Mac and Bill, they didn't get off on a they, they didn't get off on the right foot last season. And obviously, you know, not having Josh McDaniels there, Bill Belichick making the obvious mistake of of bringing in Matt Patricia to coach, to coach the offense, which is – which is still insane to me, you know, sitting here a year later. It's just it's crazy that we lived through that. It's crazy that Mac lived through that. And 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 Mac Mac wasn't appreciative of it. He he didn't like it. And you gotta look at it from Mac's point of view. He's put in a bad position. You know, we were on we were on here multiple times throughout last season talking about if Bailey Zappi was going to take his job, but you look at a situation that Mac was dealing with, he has Matt Patricia calling his offensive plays, the team's a mess. And it's just no order there like it was the previous year when Josh McDaniels was over everything. So allegedly, reportedly, Mac, Mac Jones kind of – he kind of sought out some some help from, from the Alabama coaching staff, and it ended up getting back to Bill Belichick, who was not too pleased about that because it is so, sort of embarrassing 
when your when your quarterback goes to a college team to ask for help, you know, in the pro. So yeah, obviously there's some issues there going with Mac Jones and, and, and Bill Belichick, but you're hoping you're hoping Cloverheads will prevail. You get Bill O'Brien in there. The offense the offense is now legit. Bill O'Brien's a Bill O'Brien is very good at what he does on the offensive side of the ball. He has some familiarity with the football team and Mac Jones. So you're kind of hoping Cooley has prevailed. Look, Ryan, we don't all have to be friends to go to work together. I mean, it wasn't like Tom Brady and, 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 and Bill Belichick were, were going out on yachts and playing and playing golf with one another, you know, all the time. So, And they won six Super Bowls together. So this is a situation I feel like I feel like it'll work itself out. Matt's, Matt's a professional. You know, he didn't handle it the best way, but I understand the frustrations with the way things were going. And Belichick obviously understands, too, seeing all the changes that he's, that he's made on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll see how things go. I think Kool-Aid has prevailed, and, and I think I think the Patriots get back on the right track this season, whether that means they win or lose, though. I mean, I'm not gonna, going to go there because that AFC East is looking pretty nasty, but we'll see. Yeah, we, well, thankfully we have Billy O'Brien now, who's the offensive coordinator slash mediator between these two, right? Uh, but I liked, I liked what O'Brien said when, when we heard from him this week. He kept, I think any chance he got, he said the word clean slate, right? If you if you Google yes. Billy O'Brien right now, it's clean slate, clean slate, all these articles about the clean slate. So everybody picked up on that. It was hard not to. Uh, and that's what it is. I think there was embarrassing moments for Belichick and Mac Jones last year, both of them. So they both should be embarrassed about last season. You know, Mac yes. had his moments too, where he definitely lost his cool uh, way too often. Lost his cool when he hurt his ankle coming off the field. My goodness, we talked about that too. And Belichick, you know, he made some, you know, he he definitely made some mistakes last year. Just no denying that. So clean slate. Let's all start. Let's all start fresh. Let's be one. Let's let let's at least appear like one big happy, right? Let's do that. So yeah, so I, I, I'm liking that too. And I do have to check on you with one more topic here, Jordy. Uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I know he's your guy. He, you've been you've written about it. We've talked about it on the show. You wanted the Patriots to trade for D Hop. But it seems like he's sour on coming to the Patriots. I haven't really even seen the meme. I just read about it. Uh, what happened with D Hop? He he doesn't want to come to New England. He thinks that's gross. Like, uh, you must be disappointed. Yeah, man, heartbroken, heartbroken. But you know what? I, I can understand it. So 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 the way the way all this went down, Rob McFadden of all things covered. You know, he runs a really good show. He's doing doing really good things. Um, I love tuning in to his show when he used to have Patrick Peterson on there, I'm not sure if Pat P's still on there, but, but, but anyway, he had D hop on there and he basically, he threw out some teams to D hop and he told D hop to, to, to react, to react to the teams. Um, and, and, and D hop reacted. So obviously he threw out the Patriots first and D hop kind of looked off to the side and he looked, Completely disinterested, <laughs> and <laughs> so heart heart completely just ripped out of the chest right there. So I mean, if you were hoping D Hop would come to New England, it's not impossible. But I mean, after a reaction like that, you're thinking to yourself, I mean, why why the hell why the hell would you even pursue it at this point? But you know, and then it hurts even worse than when Buffalo and Kansas City, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs were thrown out there. He looked extremely excited. So. Yeah, we could see D Hop in Buffalo excited. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's very frustrating as a Patriots fan. But if you take a step back, you can understand it. I mean, look, you got the you got the choice of catching passes from Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, or or you got a chance of going to Buffalo catching passes with Josh Allen and the Bills, or going to New England in the cold 
with Mac Jones and whatever that was we saw on offense last year. Uh, Billy O'Brien's going to have to show something this year before before some of these before some of these receivers even even want to come here. Uh, it's just it's sad, man. We're, we're long gone from the years where everybody was rushing to New England to play with Tom Brady. It's not the same anymore. No, we are. And yeah, I mean he he'd rather go to Buffalo and be buried in six feet of snow because he's got Josh, you know, they, they come to fun. but it's, again, it's like, it's not even necessarily a commentary on the team. Uh, and maybe it is, I don't know, but it's probably a commentary on the area. Like who really, who really Jordy wants to uh, train in Foxborough and deal with route one and just like the middle of nowhere out in Foxborough and, yep. and all that. It's just like, it's and the facilities are probably outdated. Right. I know there was like that, uh, that survey <laughs> and uh, NFL players kind of shot. What is it like a mile walk to get out to the facilities or some, you know, over-exaggerated <laughs> yes. thing, whatever it is. So I, I know the facilities and just Foxborough in general, I can't, I can't blame a player for, uh, you know, doing the uh, non-interested face when it comes to the past. Hey. I, just, I just can't. Tom Brady would make Matt up for all that. Just like Josh Allen does. Matt Patricia was designing one of those facilities, Ron. So I oh, mean, of hey. course, the rocket scientist himself. <laughs> <laughs> so all right so there it is uh jordy what should what should folks be looking for on patriots wire as we creep up to the draft i think we're going to do our next show after the draft so we can kind of react to everything that happened uh but what should folks be looking for and uh tuning in for um over the next six seven days be- as we work our way to thursday night the big night yeah so we'll probably we'll we'll be doing another mock we'll be doing one more mock draft it'll be a three-round mock draft obviously cam cam just dropped his big one on Monday, which which he did a really fantastic job there. So go check that out. And and other than that, man, it'll just be be previews galore. You know, we're going to be breaking down each position on the team. You know, we're doing we've we've already done quarterback and running back uh, previews heading into the draft. So that's something to look at. So we're, we're, we'll be addressing every position for the Patriots heading in and just kind of previewing things. And then you know we we might be looking at. 10 receivers in this draft that the Patriots should get. Not necessarily the 10 top receivers, but the 10 receivers that fit the Patriots mode the best. And we'll probably do the same with the quarterback position, offensive tackle, and, and some of the major positions of need in New England. So we got a lot going on, man. And obviously next week is going to be crazy. Um, it's it's going to be work. It's going to be fun. I love doing it. This is a great time of the year. and We'll see what the Patriots do. And, Hopefully they have as good of a draft this year as they had last year. And I thought, I thought Belichick did a really good job in 2022. Well, look out for this year, Jordy. Cause again, he has four, six round picks four. So he, he is just, <laughs> he can't wait. That's he, Belichick cannot wait for Saturday. That's Saturday three. He cannot <laughs> wait. Cause that's when he's going to make his hay right there. Oh, he can't wait to do that. So yeah. So that's Jordy McElroy. Check him out of the Patriots wire. Jordy does great work. His team does great work. Cam, uh, all kinds of trades going on in his mock draft, right? He's not just sitting pat. He's he's kind of going through the whole process. Good stuff as always. Uh, Jordy and I will be back the week after the draft to break it all down. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the draft. We'll catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just 
just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.